episode 1013 of the Too Thick Pod, your home for all things sports, cards, and levity. I am Jeremy, a.k.a. Kano, joined as always by my son, my the son that makes Courtney and I most proud in this instant moment, Manny being Manny 6.9. What's up, everyone? And we are live with Too Thick and Collective Indy, and we have our returning guest miss courtney um we are we were all at ship this weekend um this is what we're recapping ship mr b's sports card i'm excited i i get excited for this show before we start because i get to see a lot of people from the midwest that we're friends with because it seems like everyone comes to this show so welcome evan do you want to give a little are we we kind of we the people know courtney because courtney is like the <laughs> nucleus of too thick <laughs> the people probably don't know it, evan so you want to give a brief background of yourself so obviously i uh I, I started collecting as a kid like most people and i went up till 03 when lebron was a rookie and i grabbed a handful and then just didn't pick it up till probably i mean probably pandemic i'm guessing right when everyone most people did and uh Kind of dove in and then started working at the shop we have here in town, Indie Card Exchange, which is a awesome shop. And so I've just been learning more than I could ever imagine and just kind of still diving in. <laughs> well, so we've got Evan joining us, who is very modest, hardcore collector. He's been wheeling and dealing. We've been knowing Evan for a couple of years now, whether it's sliding through the DMs, exchanging messages whether it's showing up at the show, buying, selling, trading. And as recently, you know, we just missed crossing paths in Indy when my boy Adam, a.k.a. Andy from the Indy Card Exchange, <laughs> let us know that you're now a full-time employee over there. So first, congratulations on the gig. Awesome establishment for you to be working at. And we appreciate you jumping on because, you know, we're going to give our feedback what it's like to be on the other side of the table. You have experience being on the back side of the table, but this show you're walking it. So I look forward to getting your perspective as we as we go through it. And I must say, Courtney, I don't even want to record this pod right now. I just want to come upstairs and ravish you, my dear. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> what do we say after that, Jeremy? You just like threw a bomb and then you're like, yep. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> All of a sudden, uh, both of our cameras turn off, but Jeremy forgets to turn off the sound. <laughs> <laughs> yep, typical. That would be the typical reckless thing to do. Um, so it was a busy weekend for us. Um, I would say, Jeremy, Courtney, you were driving everywhere this weekend, but Jeremy and I, like before we get started, we were in the Lansing show on Saturday. Got done with the Lansing show. Jeremy drove all the way to Shipshawana because you couldn't miss trade night. I didn't make it to trade night. Um, but Jeremy, uh, Indy, uh, uh, Evan, were you at trade night? No. So I, I worked at the shop until five and then yeah. ran home, tried to shower real quick and book it to Shipshawana. And just by the time I got there, I would have had like an hour. So I just went to the lake instead and figure we'd rest up for tomorrow that's, that's <laughs> so while we talk about trade night i do want to ask courtney i know jeremy's been hyped about the trade night so courtney how was trade night for you 
So I got by the time so I got to trade night. I was originally I thought I was going to beat Jeremy there, but I got um, sidetracked in Wisconsin. So I got I got there like probably 35, 40 minutes after him and I couldn't find him. And it, it's compounded by the fact that the second like the second you walk into Shipshawana, anyone who goes there regularly knows that it's like a family and it feels like a family reunion. So you walk in the doors. First of all, there was no parking and it was I was only there like 45 minutes after it started. I had to park like way in the back in a not spot and I walk up and the doors open. And it sounded like a stadium inside. It was like, <laughs> you could just hear like, it felt like hundreds of people talking. I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many people here. So I walk in and you you start walking around and it is, it's like your family. It's like, hey, how are you? How's the family? How are the kids? And you start talking and you have all of the, you know, like I, and Jeremy was in the way back. So it took me probably an additional 30 minutes to get all the way to the back where he was. Cause I had to stop by, you know, Jason Galeski and say hi to him and everyone who's doing the scavenger hunt and Brad and Gabby and TNT and Johnny Ford and Dennis, you're just like, you can't, you just like, walk. it's like a, it is, it's more like, it's more like a, like a party. So, um, I did manage to do some deals though. So that was good. <laughs> yeah, where's the deals, Courtney? Courtney, that guy just put on the banner is way too popular for us now. Um, she can't even make it to her table in 30 <laughs> minutes without stopping and talking to everyone. Jared. I will say, I saw her walk in. I'm like, thank God she'll be here in two minutes. I can go to the bathroom <laughs> because you know how I get, I get like laser focused on the task at hand. So I left Lansing. We have never got, we stayed until four o'clock. I felt like obligated. You make a commitment to a show. I think it's in, in my personal opinion. I don't judge anybody who operates differently. Like it's in poor taste to dip early. You know, we made a commitment to the Avery show, which in itself we've said is the best show in Michigan. We at 4.05, man, I, I, I put a whip on that. We were working. We were out. We carried everything in one trip. Manny carried 17 showcases like this. He was a G. Like, he was like, hey, you want to go to a Cuban restaurant? I'm like, Manny, go F yourself. I got to go. I gotta <laughs> he literally said that. And, and, I want to go eat with him. And, and nobody knows this better than Courtney. Manny, you're learning this. When there's something that's got to be done, the world can be on fire. Like, I have. I'm laser focused. So anyway, when Courtney walked in, I was like, okay, I can finally go to the bathroom because I've had to pee since like 3.15. And I'm not lying. It probably was like another half an hour before 45 minutes. Where the hell is my wife? What are you taking pictures with everyone. What the hell are you doing, woman? Come on, get over here. And sure enough, <laughs> hug here, kiss there, hug here. I'm like, good God. I, I, I saw her going like this, waving like this through the aisles. Like, no, but like, you know, we talk about, we talk a lot about community and like how cardboard brings us together. When you can walk through a room of state straight, like, you know, what used to be strangers and people think that much of you to stop and want to have a conversation in that moment, it's, it's just a surreal feeling. It's, it's pretty, pretty damn awesome. We talked with Brad about how weird it was from like our first show, how nervous we were, we were, and like walking in now, like two years later, it just it feels like, it just feels like, super comfortable and chill. It's a totally different feeling. Yeah, I okay. was super nervous before I set up for the first time, and then an hour later, it's like, all right, we're we're good. <laughs> well, well, the 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 trade show. So like that, 
I guess the emphasis on the trade show before we get is like there's a lot of people, right? Courtney says you open the door, you hear the crowd going wild. It's probably because everyone's saying hi to Courtney. It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't people doing trades or anything. They ever the whole room stopped and looked at Courtney <laughs> to make sure that she was okay, had the red carpet out. Um but Jeremy, you had a bunch of deals, right? And yeah, you, so you did some I, have deals to, I have to tell like a little bit of story to paint a picture to give the ship Shawana trade night its due. All like for us personally, like in the Midwest, Ship Shawana is like the Super Bowl of shows. Everything works around that. You know, we skipped mint last year for Ship Shawana. So there's an incredible amount of buildup to it. Now I'm talking specifically just about, you know, the buying and selling and trading of cards. I'm not even factoring in or counting all the work that Courtney does for the scavenger hunt. So when you talk about that, the weeks leading up was accumulating inventory. And I know Manny, you got sick of me. Cause I was just like, Manny's like, I want to sell my cards. I'm like, I'll buy them. I don't <laughs> care what it is. I need inventory. Anybody that would sell me anything, <laughs> I would buy it. And so we've been stretched pretty thin over here. And I'm not one to ever complain or say there's not enough hours in the day. I'm just like, I'm the kind of asshole. Like there's always a solution to any problem. <laughs> House is on fire. Well, use the burning embers to, you know, you know, cook your meat. Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out. So we got a we got a, like a cryptic DM that we talked about, and I think Courtney's going to drop the video, you know, Wednesday or Thursday, where somebody's like sent us a bunch of pictures, and they were good enough to grab your interest, but dark enough you weren't quite sure what you're getting into. So we went down river, which is about an hour and a half, to pick up a substantial lot of of cards. So we had inventory. We got to Lansing, and I'm telling this spot is. There was a guy set up across from me where in the middle, I just like mid conversation with Manny, I'm like, I got to go. And I picked up another couple thousand dollars worth of cards. <laughs> even, though, even though I had a full showcase, I was just like, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. And this is like the relationship thing is important because we've done deals. So I know like, I don't even have to look at the prices. He'll be fair with me. He'll give me a good deal. We bought all those cards and Courtney, you know, messaged me. And she's like, do you think that was a good idea? And like, you know, you start to doubt yourself a little because you're buying so much. Hey, Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, oi, oi. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, oi, oi. Boy, Ozzy just kicked in. Holy cow. Scared the shit out. I thought someone was in the house. I know. I thought Steven walked in. No, I would have seen that. You had to go past me. I thought someone came in the basement. I'm like, what is going on? So trade night starts at 6 p.m. I roll up at 5.55 and the parking lot is packed. Absolutely packed. I'm in the back of the parking lot, one spot away from being in the very last spot. We get in and we did, we did, you know, over, over 5K on trade night just in $5 cards to $50 cards. And all that inventory was gone. The cards that I had bought that I wanted to grade that looked really clean that I spent the time to look at, centering's good, edges. <laughs> you spent the time to look at. Yeah. You weren't there, Courtney. God knows where you were. You sure as hell weren't grinding with me and Lance. Oh, you're talking about, I thought you were talking about the last. Oh, I had, had a section set aside <laughs> in the Zion case and we were moving so much inventory, you had to take it out. So that's how good trade night is. Everybody's there. Repackers are buying. People who are who are coming that 
don't even have to set up at the show or coming and just making a killing at trade night. I think there was what they say over 500 people at trade night. Is that what Brad posted? I thought that's what I read. Yeah. 500 people from six to 10 30, 11 o'clock pandemonium people buying, selling, trading, man. That's uh so all those, all those cards that I bought the trip was well worth it. Had I not done it, I wouldn't have had cards to sell. I would have run out completely. And as uh, someone like walking the show, like myself, I feel like trade night is definitely huge to get there the night before and maybe make some moves or at least get a feel for the room. And, uh, I just think if you're if you're walking the show, especially, you should definitely try to get there for trade night. I think it's interesting how many people who are walking the show come to trade night the night before and kind of scope out what people have. They ask you, oh, are you going to be here tomorrow? You know, are you going to bring more? Do you have more like what you have out? Because, you, you know, it gives you kind of an idea of what's going to be there the next day. I mean, assuming it doesn't sell because I have not I have yet. I know people, you know, I hear people say that they they didn't sell anything or whatever. It has been a long time for us since we've been to a show where we were like, Oh, it was bad. We didn't sell it. Like we struggle to keep things in our cases these days. <laughs> so it, it's, it was wild. Trade night was wild. I'm sitting there watching people stack cards. I, um, I have people, you know, coming up trying to negotiate with me or like doubting my ability to negotiate and then I taught them a lesson. <laughs> so I'm like, it it's uh it's fun. I'm like, you must be new here. Do yeah. you not know who I am? <laughs> you don't know me. You will. <laughs> Calm down, fun fact, you wanna negotiate with Jeremy and not Courtney. No, I'm way harder than I was gonna say you you'd get the I've seen I've seen both the Jeremy like I think it was the same card. And I think the guy like offered the same price to Courtney and then Courtney went to do her scavenger hunt. And then they offered the same thing to Jeremy and Jeremy's just like, just <laughs> stand out. And I'm like, you're so easy, Jeremy. I, I won't like, I have no problem coming down off of comps, obviously, yeah. but Jeremy will, he'll go down like 75%. I'm like, no, I'm not going past 80. Yeah. I'm well, like, I'll, I'll die for $5. I don't know. <laughs> I have five kids. <laughs> Including Manny, I have I have to feed them. Yeah, and uh, so I need that five dollars more than you do, and you're gonna pay me. <laughs> so. That's a, that's a happy that's argument. <laughs> no, uh, so I was pretty bummed, Evan. I know you probably were too about not making trade night because I, the last show I made the biggest deal I've ever done, where I thought I won the trade. Um, and the the thing that was cool is the guy on the other side of the table thought he won the trade, so it was like the best. Best outcome for both. Was that right? Brett? Yeah, Brett. We both did a nice. trade. Um, I got rid of I, I wanted to get rid of an Mbappe um card that I had out of 99. And he wanted it. He was PPCs Mbappe and he was throwing out Holland with me. And I, I and then on top of it, he's like, here's some cash. Cause I was like, okay, cool. Like I never <laughs> I never thought trading would be that easy. I thought I would have to like, oh, I need cash for that. I don't I don't like doing that. I'm not that type of person, but we were both happy. We were both ecstatic. So I was pretty bummed. Didn't make it. What's cool about trade night that I've noticed, though, is there's a lot of people that aren't dealers, that this is their opportunity to put out all their cards at the table, and they can become the dealer, per se, at trade night. And I, I've, I've realized that there's a lot of people that do that. It's a good jump start if you need some cash before the show, too. Kind of yeah. just a couple quick deals, feel better about going into the next day. Yep. Mm -hmm. And outside of like going to say hi to somebody or going somewhere, 
I've never once in all the years of doing it, I have never once walked trade night and I have never once walked the show to kind of put in perspective, like how hectic it is and what kind of activities going on. And it's not like a bunch of people sitting on the ground either. I mean, there is tables everywhere. Anybody can get a table. There's you can work off of all 185 tables or whatever they have set up. And one thing that I thought was interesting is there was a lot of familiar faces in a sense that showed up and they're not like the locals or the people you normally see at the show. They're people that you would see like on YouTube or Instagram who keep hearing about this show and decided to make the trek in to, you know, to see what the hoopla is all about. I feel like that speaks volumes about the show. Like the fact that the amount of people that were actually coming and traveling and I saw some people from Atlanta. I saw some people from California. I was like, okay, all right. Mm -hmm. Respect. We got to like recognizing (laughs) that this is like, it is a good premiere show that you should be attending. Mm-hmm. It seemed like walking around too, like everything was moving. It wasn't like just football was moving or just basketball, like even the TCG stuff. I guess I should ask you guys, but like just walking around the Pokemon seemed like it was moving pretty well and vintage, modern, everything. It wasn't like one specific category that was like really killing it. So just because you brought up TCG, I will like one <laughs> challenge that I faced is I am a complete and total novice in TCG but we had a showcase that had TCG and Pokemon <laughs> and people are like, Oh, you're buying. I'm like, yeah, I'm buying. And they pulled out TCG and Pokemon. I'm like, I'm not buying that. <laughs> I don't want to, but because I'm stupid and I don't know what the hell any of it is. Yeah. that it, okay. it is rough. People ask me, I'm like, I don't, I don't know, man. These aren't my cards. I'm like, man, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I barely know anything, but Evan, um, going to the show, how was it? Because, like Jeremy and Courtney say, they're Courtney's usually running that scavenger hunt, so that takes up all her time. Jeremy's making deals, so he doesn't even get to like leave the booth to even go to the bathroom. So, <laughs> how was the show on the opposite side, walking it around? Um, did you find like what were you looking for? Did you find the type of cards that you were looking for? Um, I was mainly looking for some Jordan or like short print LeBron stuff or rookie LeBron stuff. Um, and I was able to, uh, get a gold foil LeBron PSA 10, the chalk toss, mm-hmm. uh, from 15 hoops. So that was kind of like, I guess my big purchase for the day. And I wanted to buy a golden touch, uh, Jordan and it was raw. I would say it'd probably do like a seven or an eight. And I just decided not to. <laughs> Sometimes just the best deals are the ones that don't get done, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was just one of those, took a lap and decided, nah, not today. <laughs> when when you're at a show, Evan, just like you go in with a strategy, are you disciplined where you stick to the strategy regardless? Or are you able to come up off of that if you see something that just makes complete and total sense, whether it's an arbitrage play or just like, hey, that's a cool card. And I know like it's, I'm probably not going to have an opportunity to get it at this price point. So I'm going to scoop it. We know so, what is. I definitely, like, if you look through my case, I have a lot of, like, weird cards that people probably don't know about or collect. So when it comes to, like, a lot of the cheaper stuff, like, under 100 bucks, if it's something that I like or catches my eye and it's under 100 bucks, I'll pick it up. Um, but if we're talking about the more expensive stuff, I'm pretty disciplined when it comes to that. It's a, it's a handful of people that I go for. And, I mean, if someone throws me a deal that just makes too much sense, of course I'll take it, but... 
um, I'm pretty disciplined on who I take when it's when we get a little bit more expensive in the cards. How how cool is it? Because uh, like you said, you work for uh, a card shop, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're always technically on the dealer side. Everyone's coming <laughs> to you sell cards. Like, what is the? Is there a difference from when you're at a card shop buying to like what Jeremy and Courtney are doing behind at a card show, or is it essentially the same thing? It's honestly pretty similar. Um, obviously, I have to be a little bit more picky because I'm not buying for myself. I'm buying to what can sell in the shop. So in that sense, I have to be a little bit more picky. Um, but other than that, it's pretty similar. Like, this is this is what it's worth. This is what we can do. And <laughs> hopefully, we can make a deal. I just have to, you know, selection-wise is the only thing I have to be more picky on. That's, that would stress me out, buying for somebody else. I feel like that would be so stressful. <laughs> it, it is a little bit. And, like, especially, luckily, like, especially on trades, I have a certain number that, like, if it's bigger than that, I just tell them to come back when Andy's there, um, which is huge for me because I don't want the stress of doing, like, big deals when no one's there and <laughs> be like, this is what we got. I hope I did good, you know? <laughs> And, you know, I, I, I'm confident in my knowledge, but at the same time, when you're playing with someone else's money, you don't want to make a mistake. And Andy's about as good of a guy as it gets and don't want to disappoint him either. Right. I, I hear nothing. I Jeremy met him, like, in person, but I have heard nothing but just, like, shining, shining accolades about that guy. So he, Yeah, he's the best. That's crazy. The only thing that's even remotely close to negative that I heard about him is that he probably doesn't pay his employees enough specifically. <laughs> We're going to have to talk but to that, that, That's just a rumor. I don't know. I, I heard that <laughs> earlier today, like maybe five minutes before we went online. So I'm not <laughs> so, I, I, so, he's the best. Yeah. He's actually more than fair. <laughs> well, there you go. Evan, you I get, Adam. <laughs> Evan, I get what you are what you're saying too because uh jeremy like he said he'll walk away from the table especially the lanting show he wanted to buy and he's going to buy and then people will come up and be like this is how quick like people are buying his football i would say i would say what's moving for jeremy is football right now football quarterbacks because when he leave when he leaves the table everyone's like i don't know what it is i think they think <laughs> they give them a deal um they come they swoop Sorry. in and say yeah they swoop in and say how much for this how much would you go uh for this how much and i'm like not my cards. I'm not dealing with those. He's like, <laughs> and then Jared, I feel bad because they're waiting. And I'm like, Jeremy's like right at the corner. So I'm like waiting for him to look. And I'm like, Hey, <laughs> people want to trade here. And you could tell Jeremy's like one minute he's making a big deal. So um, I, I get it. Cause I do get stressed out. Even when they go lower, like five, like Courtney says five bucks from like the sticker price Jeremy puts in, <laughs> I get so nervous because I don't want to make a mistake. Um, well, you know, it's like they price it fair already, too. So, like, yes. if they're asking for lower, it could be like a real, <laughs> real thing. So, this is the special kind of asshole that I am. Yeah, you're- <laughs> I'm always like, yeah, don't worry about Manny. Whatever you charge him, we're good. <laughs> like, I give him like no, like, hey, my bottom on this card's two thirty-five. Don't go below. Yeah, I'm always like, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's, that's good. What yeah, no, Manny, like, whatever you think, dude. Whatever you think. <laughs> he says that until I accidentally told him the wrong player. Um, there was a card that, uh, it was shout out. It's up North collectible. So we both knew him. Um, 
and he's been at shows and everything. But he comes over, and it was a Jared Goff, Donruss, like, base, uh, PSA 9 or something like that. And it, he had his price for 35 and he was like, would you do 30 And they were both, like, talking. And I was like, sure. I was like, sure. But then Jeremy Jeremy comes up to me after. He was like, what sold? I was like, a Justin Fields bait or uh, graded card. And he's, like, staring at me like, did, you, did I just price that wrong? No, no, no. So he told me, he said, like, yeah, Justin Fields out of 35. And I was like, no, I, I for 35. I, I sold a Justin Fields for 35. And I was thinking like, man, I don't, I don't think I had anything cheaper than like $300. In the <laughs> what so I said like immediately, I was like, did I price something wrong? Like I wasn't mad at Manny. I was like, oh man, I am dumb. Like, like what, what card is missing from the showcase? It was, like, was that gray one. It was yeah. that gray one. That was like, like for a minute, like the world froze. And I was just like, no. <laughs> I was literally like the silver one, the quarter. Like, I was like, I don't know, because he has so much. Ju- you saw his case. It's all. No, Justin Fields and, ju- uh, and Goff. That's it. Yeah. That's what he's and, and I was like, Justin Fields. <laughs> and he was like, you just saw his eyes get big. And I thought he was going to like grab my neck and throw me against the wall. <laughs> uh, and I was like, oh, then he, then you said Goff. Like, you remembered what card it was. And I was like, yes, it was a Goff. It was a Goff. He's like, oh, okay, that one was 35. I was like, Whoa. that was scary. <laughs> I was in my brain works like I am not a very smart person, but when it comes to, like I process stuff at like a rapid speed. So in that like 30 seconds, I had done a million scenarios in my head, like <laughs> all oh, for bad. I just ruined the entire show. <laughs> all the good we had at trade night in Lansing is out the window because I priced a thousand dollar card at 35 bucks it and then Manny good. gave it to him for 30. It was, so bad. it was priced at 35. So either way, I was like, it was only five bucks off, Jeremy, but that extra um, five would have stung. I, I, I don't know. I feel bad because like Jeremy, like when you come to his table, this is me bragging about Jeremy. He's very precise in meeting you. Um, kind of talking to you while he's like looking through his cards. He's not the type that just goes, nope, don't want it. So it's hard sometimes when people come up and he's buying because you're like waiting there and you don't want to, you don't want to, I hate and I feel bad because I usually do it. I'll go and tap Jeremy while he's making a deal and he does not like that. Hey, but I up? have to, like I have to. I don't <laughs> that reminds me of mom, mom, mother, <laughs> mom, 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 mama. I panic. Mom, mama, you know that Stewie scene with Lois? Come on. <laughs> Mother, mama. <laughs> but you can tell the confidence level between us two, Evan, because he'll sell my cards and just come up and be like, I sold your card. And I can't even <laughs> sell his card. I'm like, it makes me laugh too because he does. He'll walk up and he'll be like, he'll, I'll, I'll like, I'll have been doing something and I'll walk over and he's like, So I sold Manny's card, this much cash. He goes, I pay, I traded him for these cards. And then he lays it all out and he shows me. And I'm like, What did Manny say? He goes, I don't know. I haven't showed him yet. I'm like, See so you. <laughs> You just did that without talking to him. He's like, "Yeah, he'll be happy." And then you come back and you're like, "Oh, thanks. That's awesome." <laughs> I could have got screwed. Man. I could have got screwed, and I'm like, "Let's go! I sold the car." <laughs> <laughs> I do it because, like, it, it's great, and I, I know if it's like a win for Manny because you know you're, we're friends, and so sometimes you have an idea of what they're trying to do or what they're into a card, and like, you know. And, but also, I love the opportunity to be like, well, you don't do any work. I have to sell all your cards for it. So, like, the motivating factor is, one, to do look look out for a homie, but more so to lord it over him and bust his balls. <laughs> he does. That's his favorite part. And But he always, you know, it's so funny, too, because he always, like, he does, like, Jeremy's, I don't know, his heart's in the right place. He's always trying to, like, do the best for people. So, 
I, I never really worry about it. I always feel like when I'm selling our own cards that belong to me, I think that's why I'm way more aggressive than Jeremy because I'm like, I am going to prove <laughs> that I can do this and that they're going to like, even though I've been doing this for years, I always feel like I have to, like, I'm not going to let someone get over on me. Don't want the respect. <laughs> I, it is. I don't, it's so bad. Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, if I'm in a really good mood, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And other times I'm like, it's more the way that people come at me, I think. It's like the way that they come up and they, if someone walks up to me and they like look at my card and they're like, mm, that's okay. What's, what's the best you can do on it? Or what's the lowest you'll go? I'm like, immediately I'm like, I, I'm not going to give you a number. On the dealer even, side. I'm, like, I'm not going to do that. So, and also I'm like, my standard answer is, well, what's the most you'll pay for it? <laughs> I'm like, well, and if you're nowhere close to what I'm thinking, then we don't have a deal. And that makes it really easy. That, <laughs> so. that is something before we get out of here tonight, I want to talk about is like the etiquette at shows, because for all the positive and all the great that there is, there is one consistent frustration that I hear from fellow vendors and people in the space are the people they just walk up and say, what's the lowest you'll take? No, hello, not how are you? How's the show? Absolutely nothing. Like very rude. And I don't know if that's something like lack of like, you know, and it's not all kids, it's adults too. So I don't know if it's just like this, like YouTube culture, Instagram, where people think it's cool to get over on somebody. But like, I left the show thinking it's okay to make money. It's okay to have fun, but you can do it in a way where you're not, you know, we, we've even had people that have bought cards from us who have come back and like, I bought it from you for 50 and I sold it for a hundred. Ha ha. And we're like, okay. Yeah. I bought it for five, bud. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like that, but we'll, we'll get back to that in a moment. I want to go and talk about what my opinion is the highlight of the show. And I get to take a little bit of a credit because I do participate, but the, the scavenger hunt, because in my opinion, and obviously I'm biased because I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm smashing the person who puts it on. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we had Beckett grading. We had SGC grading. We had multiple Zion cases. We had sealed wax. We had hit parade repacks. We had so much stuff to give away to these kids and to see how excited they were to make their day and to see some of the selflessness of these kids. And I'm, I'm interested to get, you know, Courtney, I want to hear what you have to say, but one thing that to me makes me feel good about the future of the hobby is we all talk about. I'll give it to you. No, no, he's laughing because we had a conversation about some of the things and you guys bore witness to one of the really cool things that happened at the scavenger hunt. But um, I was saying after all of that, um, I was telling the stories of some of the stuff that happened that made me like legitimately tear up. I actually made a couple adult men cry. <laughs> at the at the show telling retelling some of the things that happened which i'm going to share here tonight i i made a big long post for instagram but i decided that i would like share this live on uh on too thick because it's something that like i feel like you have to hear it to understand like the impact of it 
So first I'm going to tell the two, the two really awesome stories that happened. And then I'm going to like, Jeremy was about to steal my line and that's why he was laughing. (laughs) (laughs) So, so the first thing is, you know, the scavenger hunt's a big deal. And a lot of the kids, you know, they're really selfless when it comes to it. You know, they all want to to win the big prizes, right? Everybody, that's human nature. Everybody wants the big prizes, and you can see a little bit of disappointment when they they still are getting hobby packs of wax. Like I had a kid who he didn't win anything. He didn't win any of the big prizes, but when he opened his pack, he had he got autograph card, and he was shocked. I'm like, I told you guys, these are like sealed. I don't just take like Lucy's laying around that, you know, we are the, the hit out of and then I throw them in there. Like these are legitimate, like good cards. So even though they're not getting the big hits, they're still getting cool stuff. So that was one. But you see that like little bit of disappointment in them, which I think is a good lesson just in the space in general, because how many times have we all bought sealed boxes of wax and you don't hit anything? And it is it is part of this space and it and I don't want to like I never want to disappoint kids and I and but I do think that like not having some big grand thing in every single pack is a good lesson and again they're still getting cool stuff so don't don't let them feel too bad for you (laughs) so um anyway the point of that was to say that a couple kids did hit really big things right and there was this one one little girl was there with her family uh, and I recognize them. They come to every, sh- like they've come, to, like they've done the last few, at least that I remember. Um, she's got like older siblings and then she's the littlest one. So she opened her pack and she got like a gold ticket from TNT for, uh, to get free grading. And she was like real excited. She, you know, they were talking about what card that they were going to grade her and her mom. It was her and her mom together too, which is also super cool. So there's this other uh, boy that comes with his mom and he is in a wheelchair and I, I, I don't know his medical condition. I assume that he has cancer because his mom's always wearing like a cancer sweatshirt and stuff, um, but he is on oxygen and he's clearly, you know, he's, he's, he needs help with, with what he's doing. So his mom pushes him around. She helps him open his packs. It's, it's very sweet. So he comes up, he had completed the whole scavenger hunt and he opens his pack and he didn't get a big hit. And he, you know, he was like, thanks, you know, whatever. His mom was helping him open everything. And the little girl just leans over and hands him her gold ticket completely unprompted. Her mom didn't tell her to do it. She just, gave it to him and then he opens up his box of like that he has on his lap and hands her a pack of pokemon cards that he had it was such a sweet and innocent exchange and like it would have gone completely missed had i not been standing there to witness it you know and like these things are just they're like the little parts of it that make it worth it for me every every quarter when we do this. And then, so I bring her around and I tell her, you know, I have all these stacks of Disney cards. I give her, I'm like, what's your favorite ones? And her mom's like, Oh, you don't have to do that. She's like, we have so much. We're very lucky. And if we can help other people and this and that, and I'm just like, no, that was really sweet. She, you know, she deserves, I want to give her something. And so she picks out a couple cards that she wants. And her mom tells me that her sister needs a liver transplant. So she understands like what, you know, families who are struggling with like, illness are going through and that was it I lost it I'm crying I'm like this little girl couldn't have been more than seven years old precious angel child this one was so it just it was amazing to me and then later 
all day like we had hundreds of packs i made too many packs because last time we had like 300 kids in the time we had only like slightly over 200 but i made like 400 packs so as the day's going on and like some of the bigger hits aren't being pulled i'm freaking out i'm like oh my god i can't take the zion cases home i don't want to take these home um and the last pack that got pulled was the big zion which thank god I was I couldn't believe this kid. I'm like the, the like all day. I'm like, please let this card get pulled out of here. And he pulled it and he was there. He you knew him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, him and his dad are regulars at the shop. So we're all standing there talking. The dad couldn't believe he pulled it. So he sets up on on my table. He's got the exact same case already. I'm like, oh. I was like, I kind of hoped a kid who didn't have one got one, but whatever. You know, so he's talking about how he, he was very excitedly talking with his dad about how he could sell it and what is it worth and how amazing it is. And so we're all cheering him on. And so he walks down to the end of the table. Dad's like doing a deal with Jeremy and this other little boy who had been up at the table repeatedly all day, just super excited about the scavenger hunt. He didn't hit anything big, but he was helping all the other kids, you know, telling them where they could find the other vendors. Just be like, anytime somebody would pull something um, big, he was like, oh, that's awesome. And congratulating them. You know, I could tell he was bummed out, but he didn't like, he wasn't like, you know, like kids who act like, oh, I didn't get anything. He didn't have that vibe at all. He was so, like, genuinely happy for the other kids that were, like, winning stuff. So he walks – he does, like, doing his final lap because, again, it's almost the end of the show. And he comes up and he sees that that little boy had pulled the Zion case. He's like, oh, that is so cool. I was waiting to see who pulled it. And, like, I – he's like, oh, he's like, you know, I wanted it, but congratulations. And the kid's like, oh. He's like, you want it? He's like, you wanted it? And I feel like he looked at him like, is this a joke? And he's like, yeah, you know, but, like, it's so cool that you won it. And he was so nice that I almost walked over and just gave him the last Zion case. But that little boy who won it just goes, well, I already have one. So here. And he just hands him a hundred dollar Zion case. Again, completely unprompted. Nobody told him to do that. Nobody was like, oh, this little boy didn't get something. The little boy he gave it to was so shocked and like he was just like are, are you serious and he's like yeah so i made them take a picture together they were about the same age and it turns out it was that other little boy's first card show he'd ever been to oh, wow. and he was just like oh my gosh this is so you know, like beyond anything he's going around telling all the other vendors and then the vendors at the show who hear this story start giving him cards to fill up his case now that he has one mm -hmm. and I just, I could not believe that two times in the same show, these like incredibly generous and selfless things happened right in front of me. I was so proud of these kids and like all the other kids. There was another little boy who every show now brings me a Kobe White card because he's like, I remember that Kobe White's your favorite. So every show he comes up, he does a scavenger hunt. And when he's done with the scavenger hunt, he brings me a Kobe White card. And it's, all you know. These kids are so impressive and we talk about kids are the future of the hobby and we need to cultivate the space and grow it. These kids, this is how we cultivate the next generation. These are the kinds of kids and this is the future of the hobby that we should be working towards. And I am so proud of Shipshawana, the group of vendors, my family, you guys here that are on this right now, 
for being part of creating the next generation of kids and collectors who behave the way that these children at this particular show in front of me did. Because you always hear all the bad stuff. You hear about the kids being rude and the trade-up challenges and how disrespectful they are and, you know... And that's not my experience. That's not what I'm seeing. So like the fact that I, I can share these stories is to me really important. And I'm like, I know this is too thick and we're not supposed to be like levity and stuff. And I'm like getting all emotional, but yeah, it was, you doing? I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll talk about the jelly bean thing next. <laughs> so, what, what's that kid's name, Evan? Uh, Hayden. Hayden. Hayden? Yeah. Shout out Hayden. If you're listening to this, your dad's a bad parent because he shouldn't be listen- having us listen to him. That <laughs> <laughs> was dyslexic of me. What did I just say? Rewind. That's good. You know what I meant. But and no, it comes he was- full circle too because he bought a card from Jeremy and Jeremy gave him a good deal because he came out to me and he says, "I'd like a card over at that table," and I said, "Oh well, he's as easy as it is to deal with. Just tell him what you're thinking." That's and, not what you said, Evan. You're like, oh, I got a mark. This guy no. <laughs> got him. You started but, 20% and you say 30% of him left. Garrett Polka made me laugh and, with that. He's like, that little boy grew up to be Michael Jordan. Yeah. He just, and uh, Jeremy gave him a deal and he goes, just make sure you pay it forward to someone. And like three hours later, that happened. He did. So, full circle. Well, I didn't hear, I didn't know that happened. Oh yeah. my God, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> i can't i told that story i've told that though both of those stories like multiple times and every time i tell them it makes me cry i don't know <laughs> these kids every come time. up and they're looking to do something and i will give them any deal but i'm like <laughs> the catch i'm like you have to hook somebody else up and look out for somebody else that's all i ask I'm not Courtney. I don't make you take a picture. I don't make you wrap it up. I know you want to get out with your, your life and handle your business, but just look out for somebody because you never know when you do something kind for somebody, how that can impact their day. Yeah. Would you do that for 100%. Lamar Jackson? What's that? Would you do that for Lamar Jackson? What are you talking about? The Lamar Jackson kid. It was his dad. <laughs> Who's dad? What, what are you talking about, man? You lost me. You're, you're too close <laughs> to all of us here. You said you would pay it for kids. I said, would you do it to the Lamar Jackson kid? He's not a kid. Anybody that walks around and insults adults <laughs> and brags about- That kid's got more money than we do. And brags about $10,000 cards and all that stuff. He's all right, man. That's that's different. You know what I mean? He no, it, help. It, it was sweet. Okay. I was like, and then he, you guys forgot uh, uh, what he did. I don't think he told you guys, but I saw it. He put money in that veteran thing that you guys had as well. I did see him. Yes, do that. He did. Yeah, he did. He was like, he was like, what is this? He asked his dad or did he ask you, Evan? And then, um, yeah. and then he put, and then he put money and I was like, you don't have to do that. He's like, I want to. I was like, dang, this kid's going places. He's a good kid. He's Very good kid. Like shout out to his parents because I honestly, they are doing a fantastic job with that one. Let me yeah. tell you something. Backyard breaks. I've never consumed any of their stuff. However, I'm acutely aware of how they're perceived within the hobby. I've seen, you know, clips on like card porn, but I've never once watched a live stream. I believe the gentleman's name is Grant. And I've had two interactions with him. Once in Atlantic City, we were ripping wax at the Borgata. Remember that, Manny? We were all in that special room. 
And then the red velvet he, room at Mint, <laughs> at Mint Courtney, he was there with you, me, and Black Jaded Wolf. Yeah. He and his team or his company or the company he's associated with donates a substantial amount of cards to is it invisible invisible you, vets invisible vets who we're kind of working with and i'll let courtney do like a quick 20 seconds on what they're about but this guy actually does some good and i think it's worth mentioning because all you everybody wants to talk about the bad stuff and everybody wants to be gotcha but i don't ever hear anybody talking about them doing stuff for vets especially coming off of you know yesterday being memorial day so real quick courtney Invisible vets, and then let's get back to the levity because it's been too damn serious for too damn long. <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, um, one of the things that makes Chip Shawana great is the people there, and uh, through TNT, we have linked up with Invisible Vets. He is a five hundred one c three business, not business. He uh, charity, and what they do is they reach out to veterans right now it's like mostly local to michigan i think ohio maybe indiana and they help the help homeless vets vets that need mental health care and um the families of veterans who have taken their own lives and they they do care packages they help keep you know their boots on the ground basically to be there and and be what these vets need so for us um it's this is a this is a cause that's very important to me as a person and knowing that like this this hobby and this isn't the only he's not the only person in this space the the national their uh their their charity of the year is uh, uh signatures for soldiers so there are a lot of people in this space that are doing good things and and Jim from invisible invisible vets is one of them so all of the net profits after like you know their their own costs are taken and given straight to vets it's not like one of these things where like 95 percent lines the pockets of the people running it the board isn't paid they donate to be on the board so this is something where to me being able to have the donation box up at our table and like watching people come up and put money into it. You know, you can donate if you have cards that you want to donate to this, you can donate cards to invisible vets and you can get a tax write off for that because it is a, it's a charity. So if you have cards that you want to donate, you know, slide into the DMS with reckless, I can link you up with them. You can send them cards and you'll get a tax uh, write off in, in return for that. And I think, you know, obviously, if you're going to do that, please, like, think about what you're sending. It's They have to haul this stuff around and sell it. So as much as I'm sure they would appreciate it if you sent, like, boxes of junk wax, it's just – it has to be stuff that they can sell. So – and, again, that's not Jim. That's me saying that because I just think that, you know, again, he's doing a lot of work by himself right now. Um, but, yeah, Invisible Vets are on Facebook. He doesn't even want to spend the money on making a website. So they do everything through social media right now because he wants as much money from the charity to go back to, you know, the people who need it. So that is my piece on them. They're amazing. Manny, Evan, I'm curious to hear your perception of the show and what you saw. Manny, you kind of like a hybrid role. You were hanging out, helping, which we're always grateful and appreciative of. Appreciative of. But you also got to go out and mingle. You got to chop it up. Our homie Trees was there in the front room. 
my man goes to mint one time and all of a sudden he's a big dog in the <laughs> first damn table when you walk in. Right. And the I think ultimately when it was time to do some work at the end of the show and get up out of there, Manny, you said, nah, me, Evan and trees are going to go get tacos <laughs> to hell with y'all. Yeah. No. So I felt bad. I do. Cause you, <laughs> you, didn't. you didn't feel bad. Shut you, up. You <laughs> fucking clicked your heels and skipped no. out of there so fast. And then they said you had burrito juice dripping down your chin. You were so happy. No, no, no. They so um, you literally said beginning we have an obligation. We're staying the whole time, and I left early to go eat with Trees and uh, Ryan and uh, Dan. But hold on. In fairness, you did was, show up hella late too. I did. <laughs> Family first, Jeremy. Oh, uh, no. So it, it was a good show. The worst thing I don't like, and it's mostly your cards that were people doing it. It's like the football collectors. Like we, we, I talked to you about this before, how the TCG community is so much different than the sports card community with etiquette. Um, Evan, you probably could uh, kind of chime in on this because you, you deal with both right at the card shop, but everyone that comes up to this, like to buy football from you guys, we're saying kind of, you brought it up was, What's the lowest you'll go on this without even like say like, what's the highest you'll pay? Like, that's what my response would be. Like, you don't ask that. Just say what's your, like, what are you offering? And then we go from there. Don't say what the lowest I see people on eBay do it all the time. And I see their comments after like, what's the highest you'll pay. And like, okay. Or they'll say what's the lowest. And they have it stickered at 35. They go 35 because it's just rude how they're, they're being. And I also got – I don't know what it is, but, like, 40-year-old to 50-year-old men, when I say, how's it going, look me up and down and get so pissed off at me. I don't understand it. Jerry, how dare you ask me how I'm doing? You know, this is something, like, I noticed, like, I noticed like, show. a couple months ago. Like, Manny says, hey, how are you? And they give him, like, the, the eye scan up and down, like, Terminator style. Like, they're processing something in their cyborg head. They think you're and then they determine them. they, like, reluctantly say, hello. Like, as if, like, he's putting them out by it's being you're, you're just too pretty, Manny. They think you're flirting. Well, I literally go up to every person because I know Jeremy and you are busy. So when they're at the table, look, I'm like, hey, how's it going? How's it going? How's it going? And uh, I get it's the 40 to 50 year old men. They go like this and they're looking down. And they just go like Jeremy says, look at me funny. And then look back down, and say good. And then just keep going. I'm like, they do the same thing to me, too. I don't. They're just angry. I'm like, I've never seen a group of people come somewhere to do something that we, you know, you admittedly all supposedly enjoy and are just so angry about it. Like when I'm at a car show, I'm like, yeah, woo. People are saying hi. I'm like, what's up? Did you get anything good today? And they're just like, like, don't talk to me. Fuck you. I don't understand it. Because when I, I get people that collect like TCG stuff, they're asking me about the show. Demon Slayer, I heard you're watching it. I heard you're on One Piece. How's it going? Blah, blah, blah. This is a card you should get. Here's a card that I have. I don't have it. You want to do a deal? Like, that's how it is with TCG. And I, Evan, I, I'm curious. Is that how it is at the card sh- like store as well? Um, <laughs> because is it me? And What's wrong with me? Yeah, a lot of times. I mean, it's a mixed bag, of course. But you'll definitely like walk walk up to people, and I'm always just like a super positive person. You are and the friendliest person. So I'll I'll always walk up, you know. Hey, how's it going? Anything you're looking for? Anything like that? And I mean, I have people that will literally not even say anything to me. Just look at me. And I'm just 
all right if they need something they'll let me know <laughs> and, you know and then there's a lot of people too that'll you know sit there and have a conversation for 20 minutes so it's just such a mix, mixed bag and so, uh, the funny part is a lot of times you'll look at someone and be like I bet he's gonna not say a word to me and then I can help. later you're still talking to him <laughs> Do you ever get totally surprised by someone who looks like super grumpy and then is like insanely friendly? It happened. Then- honestly, it happened today. <laughs> yeah, we're all like. <laughs> yeah, it happened today. I thought this dude. He wait, just- wait, wait, say that again. Super <laughs> grumpy and ends up being super friendly. I'm, I'm, I shit positivity, my friend. No, you, you look angry when you're you just. Do. Like, you have face. Jeremy's got the most intense resting bitch face. <laughs> Like, he suffers from resting bitch face so hard. Like, he'll stand there and he'll be like, he always has his arms crossed and his legs spread. And he's like, See, and then he walks up to the table and he goes, hey, how are you? And he's like, <laughs> startling. Takes you off guard. I, I told Jeremy I, I, I sold that thing for 30 bucks and he was like. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he thought you sold a Justin Fields card. That was like. I, I was waiting. For- he was worried. <laughs> I had to get out an arm distance. I went by you. What he was thinking was, oh my God, I have to tell Courtney that I sold one of those $1,000 cards for $30 and she's going to freak out. <laughs> Courtney won't even come down $5 on a card. So when we were in Lansing, I legitimately saw my guy set up. I went over and without even asking prices, I was just like, boom, 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 boom. Stack it, came back because there was a bunch of people at our table. Went back. And I found that a lot of newer people don't understand the importance of a relationship. That when you have that sort of relationship, it makes transacting that much easier. Like, I know that if like trees had something like, Hey, let me get that Connor McDavid. I know we're good. I know that if I wanted something from Manny or if Manny wanted something for me or Evan, we've done deals in the past. So it's important to build that rapport because there's people that if you would have just looked at them and judged them and jumped to whatever whatever conclusion you made in your own head and never saw it through, there's people that I would have never thought that would spend. We had a kid who spent a few thousand dollars with us this weekend that looked like he was 12 years old. And he was, buying, he was buying a sweet kid. A very nice kid, but he was like, he conversated with us. He bought cards from his mom. You know, he asked us what we were into. And naturally, you're like, I like this person. I want to help him out. We that's took like care. we took care of him. Uh, uh, real quick, Evan. We yeah. took care of him. He came back. He came back again. He came back. <laughs> he came back when another guy was like, did the whole what's the lowest you'll take for it? And I sold it to the, the nice kid for even cheaper just to prove a point because hey, we've already done deals. While that guy was still standing there. While he was I wanted to die. That guy was being such a jerk. This kid walks over and he's like, you know, he'd come up, he'd done a couple deals with us and he's like, he like, it it was probably $1,400 worth of cards and Jeremy sold it to this kid for like 900 bucks. And I, like, I was like, even I was like, whoa. And the guy standing there and Jeremy's like, I will give someone, I, he's like, I'll lose money on a deal for somebody who is as kind as this kid has been the whole weekend. I was like, oh, all right. Well, it's also a lesson for the person that wasn't so nice. And then yeah. you see someone come up and just Jeremy's a little just bit of there. respect, a little bit a smile and <laughs> look what Mr. happens. Mr. Reckless teaching life lessons to the children. <laughs> Doling out lessons. That's why like the one thing that I was, I was driving home and I'm very... 
I like to reflect a lot. And the one thing that like just kept coming to me is like, you can make money in this space. And I don't know what do it the right way is, but you can do it in a way where you don't have to get over on somebody. You don't have to be rude to somebody and you don't have to take advantage of somebody. that goes back to like what you were saying jeremy like you could buy like if i walked up to evan or we we bought cars from johnny ford it's like they're like you're like this is the card i want and you know he's like it's this much and you're like i'm not checking comps i trust you because they know that we bought cards from them they know that we're going to see each other again they know that we'll do more deals and if is it worth that one deal that one time just ripping someone off that you're going to have to see repeatedly and know that now they're never going to do another deal with you ever because you you know they trusted you and you you know what you for what 10 percent on a deal is it worth it some people think it is. Um, I don't personally. No, and that's like having the regulars at the shop too kind of makes deals easier with them too because they, they know what they're getting and they know like where we have to be and just like, okay, the, this is what we're at. Can we do it? If not, no hard feelings. <laughs> it's just quick and easy. That's what I think, Jeremy, that might be a, a kind of a next tier of what we do at the table. It's kind. I don't know how you feel about it, but we talked about it to Dennis and he actually, and we see it at the national where they put like a price range with the percentage. So then they know they don't have to waste your time looking to buy because you're so busy. Like if you put like 500 to a thousand, it's like 85% or whatever. And then you keep going down. So then they know, right. I don't I think know. It's important to have the tiers on it too. Like yeah. Like, they're going to pay stronger on the better stuff. Correct. ABC. We, we had a guy at Nashville and Jeremy and I like, and Courtney too. I think you sold some cards to him too. Like fell in love with the dude. Cause he was like, I paid 80% and he broke it down. Maybe we kind of implement that at the table. Might be easier to, to buy too, you know? Yeah. Cause then they know, okay, this guy's paying at this a price and why don't we just go and pay or, then you don't have to nickel and dime them. You know the that you're gonna pay eighty percent. At the I mean, fifteen percent anyway. So like, what's mm-hmm. an extra five to get cash in your hands? Exactly. Well, I, you I, know how I am. Courtney and I like to try everything. We've never once done something exactly the same. We're always kind of tinkering, adjusting, trying new things. Like for instance, about card stuff right now. Yeah, we decided. Yeah, you guys, not we don't need your bedroom stories. Four kids. <laughs> um, like, like, for instance, we did a wrestling break Peg. that we yeah. thought, like, we can keep the price point super cheap. Great <laughs> in theory. We practiced it last night. It only took us about nine hours to run and oh. took us another 74 hours to separate them all. Listen, it was a it was a learning lesson because, oh my God, I will never do that <laughs> I said that after the absolute football break, and here we are fucking doing it again. <laughs> what? Because um, I know we're running out of time. I do want to ask Evan this because he's walking the show. What do you use for comps? And the reason I ask this is because um, you got Ludix, you have Card Ladder, and you have Alt. So I, I'm curious what you use, and I kind of have a background on why I'm asking this question. Um, so what, what what do you usually use? Or Google. Or not Google, eBay. eBay. I, I always use Card Ladder. Card Ladder? I've just used it for a while, and I've always liked it. And that's what we use in the shop, too, so. It's just always been good to me, and I've always just stuck with that one. So do you go by their value, like card ladder value, or last sold? 
don't usually go by the card ladder value. I mean, I'll take it into consideration, but unless it's a card that's on the ladder, like that has a bunch of sales, you can't, I mean, it's kind of hard to track it, especially if you're looking at a card that's, you know, sold three times in the last five years and you're trying to extrapolate out the value over two years since the last sale or something like that. That's, and it's just based on, I think, Actually, I don't even want to say that because I don't know, but I think it's just kind of based on the player's market. So It's so funny that you said that because, like, we had a card come off that, like, hadn't sold since, like, 2013 and then, like, since 2011, and they had the value of it as, like, a certain amount. It sold for, like, $40, like, back then, and they, they had it, like, valued, like, at $500 now, and that would be something where due to the, like, the complete lack of comps and then you're looking at like other similar cards of there, there aren't any it was like a it was like a basketball player that signed a baseball a baseball yeah. and then it was in a card there's you, there's not even a card that you could comp on that no. so to me looking at the card letter value on that card i would be like okay i like you know i might <laughs> consider that like as far as percentage wise whatever they use their you know their analytics to decide i um I personally would trust that a little bit. I don't know, because how do you even come up with a comp for a My Kind of my problem, too, is that I wasn't in it, like, right before the boom. So I don't know what, like, prices were sitting at before the boom and how much they went up. And, like, so I have all the experience from the boom on. But before that. But you feel so like I prices are down. Where, like, if you were in it before, like, we talk, Jeremy and I talk about this all the time. Actually, I talked about it with uh, Matt from Ludix, too, which I absolutely love the Ludix app. That, that stuff works really fast, too. Um, but if you, like, look at the, like, progression of cards before the boom, like, it's always been, like, pretty, you know, you have, like, dips, but it's, like, dip up, dip up, dip up. Yeah. Steady growth. But then, it like, all of a sudden in 20, you know, in, in, in 2019 and 2020, it shoots right up. And now it feels like it crashed, but if you look at card prices before that and you look at them now, they're up. I guess it would be like this for the audience. Yeah. So they are up. It's just, it feels like everyone who entered during, you know, 2019, 20, it feels like a big crash, but card prices are still average. If you like take that weird anomaly out, they're still up. Especially all the like blue chip. Yeah, for you know, sure. Thought after stuff. I mean, that definitely even with the dip is still significantly up in most cases i would say yeah the, the stuff that, timeless stuff <laughs> the thing i'm seeing at shows is people like okay this is no disrespect to the people that use all but people shit on all left and right <laughs> up and down but everyone's using all to their advantage when they're buying <laughs> and it kind of frustrates me because all isn't a hundred percent correct because I know this because I had a Chicago or I had a Justin Fields silver, which shout out Jeremy's taking it to the skyline for me to sell. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but the, this, he's using, he's using all and he's saying the alt value is saying it's at this price, but if you lose card ladder or any other thing, it all, it's not even saying the last price, like the sold listing and the last sold was like where I had it at. Um, comp. So he was trying to get it like 50% off because Alt was saying it. And I'm, I'm having a struggle, like kind of a struggle because I feel like some of my cards are like that where Alt's saying it's super low and everyone just goes all. I know there's someone in the, like he owns a card store and Jeremy, you weren't there, 
came over and start scanning with alt and saying, this is what this alt says. This is what alt says. And we're like, I know who you're talking about, and he did the same thing to me. And uh, the last comp, I'm like, yeah, that's my comp, and there aren't any other ones available. I'm the one that bought that. And I, so go ahead. You can find yeah. another one. If you can find another one for that price, it's yours. But I own this one. It's a pop one card. There aren't any other ones. And I paid that much for it six months ago. And so that's yeah, my that's comp. Justin Fields out of 10 that ended at like a 4 o'clock on a Tuesday morning. Yeah, <laughs> like all times, like super lucky. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand. Like, yeah, people use like you. The data is good, right? But the problem is with data, eighty percent of people don't know how to like interpret interpret data. Um, it's wrong. Yeah, he doesn't know how to say interpret. <laughs> so. hit, hit ten o'clock. Hit ten o'clock. My words is no. It, uh, data like they can't like realize like there's other factors just not the sale of the exactly thing. exactly and, yeah and people just look at I, sale and use it to their advantage and it makes me angry. i always use the like if you were to draw the number six on a piece of paper and put it down and put it right in front of us like to me it's a six but the way evan's looking at it, it looks like a nine we're looking at the same thing and it's just that we did an awesome deal same thing i had a kid who tried using alt on a car when there was like legitimately an auction that just ended at bids, like in the six to $700 range, tried using alt to tell me that the card was that like 50% of that. And then wanted to pay another, like, you know, he wanted 40% off of that. And then he wanted me to give him a hundred dollars as well. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> but this was somebody who was very like-minded and we were able to use, we, we were able to use card ladder to pull up a bunch of comps, through the sales history and use that just as a reference point. And we were both able to agree that like, Hey, this is a low pop card, not many available team X has made these deals. They've added wide receivers, running backs. We're in agreement that they're going to be significantly better. And odds are that if another card hit the market right now, you would have the opportunity. Like if it went up on auction, we can both agree that it would be, you know, 15 to 20%. Okay, cool. We established that. Then we were able to use another similar player, take five to eight cards, you know, let's say a kaboom, a silver, this and this, and find the difference between the two cards. Like, okay, this tends to be about 70% of, you know, player Y. And use all that data. It ended up being like a 45-minute deal, but we were like-minded. It made sense. It ended up being like, a you know, in all like a three $4,000 deal. And again, I was able to sell the card in front of the other guy who wanted to get it for me on pennies on the dollar. But the comps thing is that it's just a reference point. Nobody outside of Chris Hodge, who likes to read data for fun. Most and people and Christina, don't forget. Christina loves data too. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Match made in heaven. Most <laughs> people have never even read the white paper or understand how the indexes work to understand how that comes up with. And a quick question that you ask them is like, okay, if you take this card at $200, are you going to sell it at alt value or are you going to turn around and try to sell it off the last comp to which 100% of the time when they're selling it, the tables are turned. Yeah. Oh, how the turns have tabled. I got yes. really bad when I got like back into the hobby on alt comps. And so I've been kind of on guard <laughs> ever yeah. since, I guess. I feel, like, I feel like buyers love alt comps and sellers are like, 
fuck all cops. <laughs> I, I say it's a dealer's app. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying. It usually seems like the people that want to pay the least are always on all, like, well, this is what it says. I'm like, I don't use all. That, that is my pat answer to anyone who shows me an alt comp i'm like yeah i don't use alt i'm like and then i pull up you know car, uh, like card ladder ludix and i'm like here's like here's actual data and like this is why i you know i'm i'm like yeah. i don't i'm like you can like if that's the comp that you want to use that's fine but i'm not going to sell you my card for that. i'll just say like i not that i don't believe you or anything but let me just take a quick look and yeah. then just we look actually- up on card ladder or whatever sorry i we no. actually use alt a fair amount when I'm buying, just so I understand what I'm getting you into. Can and how I'm... Too. <laughs> that? No, 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 no. I I don't. Use it. <laughs> I use it because if you're buying something, we're not buying it to hold. We're buying it to sell, and I want to understand what kind of conversation am I going to have. Yeah. And if that number is really wonky before I even buy the card. I'm already preparing for all the 100 dumbass conversations I'm going to have when zombies who come and just you know hover their phone above your case don't look at you and say, mah, 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 mah. yeah. So I never use alt, and it's so funny because Jeremy will be like, <laughs> like, he'll have bought a card and he'll put it in the case, and he's like, just so you know, he's like, everyone's going to say that the alt value is this. He goes, oh, but this is why I have to <laughs> like that, and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, here's the thing: is I'm not even going to look it up on alt. So when they start offering me like shitty comps, I'm just going to be like, yeah. I'm like you, like I appreciate him telling me that, yeah, but again, yeah, I'm is. I'm not gonna have that conversation with people. I like, and I'm not like one who's like, oh, I hate comps. I I I find that so like antiquated. The people who are like, I don't even want to hear the word comp. I like comps. I like <laughs> having a jumping off point for a conversation, but I also don't like it when someone's gonna throw a comp in your face that you know that if that was the comp for them and it was their card, they'd be like, that's a bullshit comp. <laughs> Yeah, because like how I price cards usually is through the last three comps and then average it out. And sometimes I, I, I do that. I don't even do that if it's like a buy it now. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Weird, if it was like a weird like time where the card ended. If I'm buying a card from someone and I can see that this card, the last time it sold was like in the off season and the person had the auction ended Tuesday on like at like 8 a.m. on the East Coast. So it's like yeah. <laughs> I get like that there are like – there's extenuating circumstances and if you're spending all of your time just trying to rip people off or you like squeeze and ring and just choke yeah. every last cent out of every deal maybe this isn't the hobby for you because you're just gonna have a miserable time there was a i think it was a trevor lawrence that we picked up and the comps were like the last comp was super low because whoever sold it misspelled trevor and they just legitimately put trevor lawrence rc and then, like, like I don't know if they put the number, but they didn't put the brand. They didn't put the team. It was misspelled. And I was willing, like, I told the guy, I'm like, hey, we, we should take this comp with a grain of salt because most people probably didn't see it because it was misspelled, mislabeled. I've got no problem paying you additional money because I, too, think that that card is worth more. God, yeah. do you remember that time? Who was that baseball player that I spelled his name wrong? And it was it should have been like a it was like probably like a hundred dollar card and it went for like five bucks. <laughs> There's an actual site that you could look up people's names and how they misspell it, by the way. On eBay. Oh, really? that's cool. Yeah. Then that's what people do. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess I guess my that was my kind of like why I asked is because I see comps as like a 
kind of like a reference point. So I think I heard Jeremy say this at the show. It's a reference point to start a conversation um, for buying. It's not like you have to be able to read data um, to actually get good deals, you know, or sell at a good price because you could get burnt either way just by looking at the last comp or going through all and not checking the other um, couple other sites that have comps on them. Or letting people bully you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let them and do that. The more rare, the more dangerous with that stuff, too, I feel like. <laughs> I think, conversely, the people who don't utilize comps kind of do themselves. Because there's a, we all know, like, the dealer who never sells cards. Because they come up with their own pricing, which is fine. Like, if you've got a, you know, a 52 mantle, you know, like a high-grade 52 mantle, well, not many of those available, and those are in high demand. So you have a little bit of say in what goes on. But if it's just like a standard $20 card and you're like, I felt bad for a guy. It was the nicest guy ever. And he's like, he was a don't talk to me about comps. He had his own justification of why he priced things the way he did, but also at the same time was frustrated that nobody wants to buy his cards. And so it's like, you have to be mindful of what other people are doing and the way that they're operating and figure out a way where you can sit, remain true to the way that you want to operate, but also be flexible enough to adjust to what's going on around you. I do feel bad for people who just like they're so stuck in their ways and like unwilling to be flexible. And I, like I, I, they used to drive me crazy and I'd get mad, but now I do. I genuinely feel bad because I feel like they're, they're not enjoying the space as much as they could if they would educate themselves or be more flexible or, you know, just take a little bit of time to understand, you know, if, if everyone around you is selling, and, and like, and we all feel like this is a thriving market. I, I, I don't have a problem selling cards at a show. And I'm not like selling cards at a loss. We make money doing this when we go to shows. So if that's happening and I'm, and I, we're, we're making deals, we're buying cards and you can't, it might be time to reflect on what you're doing in this space that's preventing you from like doing your best. Because at this point, it, it isn't everyone else. It's not the show. It's not, you know, the people don't understand your cards. It's not people suck and they only think about comps. It is something that you're doing. And it's hard to, like, acknowledge that, I think. Sometimes nobody wants to, like, have to, like, admit that they're wrong or whatever. But, some, you know, sometimes it's just easier to be like, maybe I, when we first started, we talk about this all the time. We bought cards that we thought were cool that we liked and then we're like at shows trying to sell them and like just because that's our vibe doesn't mean like you know that's not something everybody likes and we struggled to sell stuff and so what we did was we like completely shifted everything and now we sell all the time because we educated ourselves and we like learned like hey just because you like weird 90s inserts doesn't mean that everybody wants that you know there's a niche group of people that find that also cool but it doesn't mean that it's going to be like widely popular. Mm -hmm. So, I do want to, Evan, you walked the show, you had the little guy with you. What did you see moving at other tables? Was it like the, was it low end? Was it mid tier? Was it high end? What, what, what did you see? I think it was a lot of the mid end stuff. Like the, let's say 50 to 200 range. I know that's kind of a broad range, but um, 
I feel like a lot of cards like that were moving, and I saw a lot of like volume in that range in people's cases, it seemed like, too. And I feel like that seems to be what everybody's saying every time we ask that question now. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I talk, of course, I talk to the dealers when they come into the shop and everything, and I ask them the same thing, and that's just the same. I get that, and I say ink. <laughs> ink and 50 to 200. Like, that's – and quarterbacks and stuff like that, obviously, like with the season coming up, quarterbacks are heating up. Um, I did see – saw a lot of football. Um I saw more vintage than I usually did too, which was nice to see. So I was I was excited to see that. I only got I only picked up one vintage card, but it was good to see. There was only one guy missing that normally has a really good vintage table that I noticed. Did you go upstairs and see the vintage table set up upstairs? I did. That guy had that whole set signed. Um, I think yeah, it was right? seven set. I want to say yeah, yeah. Wild. And, I mean, he had all the big guys signed already. He had the Mantle, the Maze, the Kofax, and something else. All he didn't have was the Clemente, which is kind of to be expected. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's insane. I didn't even just go upstairs. I don't. I, I don't know where the stairs are. I had to find them. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one table up there, but it was cool up there. So, like, that was if it was getting claustrophobic for me downstairs, I would just pop upstairs real quick. That's cool. <laughs> Manny, one thing that I thought was was awesome, and I think that's truly where you thrive and where you are at your happiest in that space is whether or not you are selling cards, you are a people person, you are a social butterfly. And because trade night was so good, if there was any pressure, you know, pressure that you apply to yourself, like, oh, I have to hit a certain number or I need to turn over some inventory. Going into that day, I was able to enjoy the show more than I ever have in the past. It was more so let's just make sure we're set up and let's just relax. And I know because I get so laser focused on what needs to be done, I don't get much of an opportunity to, you know, chop it up and have fun. I'm pretty business minded. It was fun to like look over and all of a sudden there's like 18 people in my booth, you know, whether it's like. (laughs) Trees must have said, all right, man, I'll catch you in a few minutes and dapped it up 42 times before he (laughs) and left. The next thing I know over, Ryan's chilling in the booth. And then you're going and you're like, hey, I'm going to go walk. And everybody's saying hi. Everybody's hugging it up. We're having a hangout. And it was truly fun. Like, I feel like we've all been embraced by this awesome community. And it makes for like a truly enjoyable experience. Now, if you're able to leave with a little bit of coin in your pocket, some cool cards, <laughs> hell yeah. No, it was well, good. I mean, I don't think anything proved that people embrace us more than their willingness to just put random fucking shit in their mouth and <laughs> not know what it's going to be. <laughs> and then Gabby going around dragging people over to the table and forcing them to do it with us was probably my favorite thing that happened at the show. Oh, yeah, she was grabbing everyone. I was walking. And she was talking to Ryan, card collector, too, going, you got to go over to the Reckless booth and do the Bean Boozle. And he's like, I got to go. So he took off. Like, yeah, I'm definitely not going to do that. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I might say something that will get me in trouble. <laughs> throw up on camera. He's like, I don't want to. Yeah. But all in all, all in all, I guess I want to get go through and like, so, so start with Evan, then Courtney, and then um, Scumbag. Evan, how like one through ten? What would you say the show experience at Ship Shawana was? 
Honestly, I was I was talking to Andy about it today, actually. That was one of the best shows I've been to. Um, and I know I've been a few times, and it's always a good time. Last time, it took me five and a half hours to get through there, through the blizzard. Um, so that wasn't awesome, and I actually missed trade night because of that last time. <laughs> so I'm really you're hoping to get to the next trade night. But for only you're time, not going to any trade night. First, you had to shower, and then <laughs> blizzard stopped you. Heaven forbid you bathe and you don't die in a blizzard. And then this time, I'm in the lake. I'm on the lake. Contribute to the problem at the shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it was amazing, and I love that show because. We have all the, a lot of the indie guys are there, but I also get like you guys and trees and all the people from the surrounding states as well. It's kind of like one spot where everyone can meet up and it's always a good time. It's out in the middle of nowhere, nothing else to do. So just enjoy your time and be with other collectors. Yeah. Indiana, the crossroads of America. <laughs> yeah. That's all we got. That's all we got. <laughs> You're just like, oh, this is a really centrally located state. Yes, we'll go there. <laughs> Perfect for a meetup. <laughs> well, I have a critique about the show, and and I it, it's like, uh, you know, when somebody who has it all complains, it's kind of one of those things. <laughs> but because it's become such a like an awesome environment, you know, so many people, and the trade night is such a thing that. Trade night leads to there's a group of people, the same group of people at the Hilton that's about 10 minutes away. We <laughs> hang out, have drinks, rip wax. You stay up until two, three, four o'clock in the morning, and then you've got to turn around and be up at two, three, four o'clock in the morning so you could drive an hour into Michigan to get started. <laughs> I'm not complaining about the drive there. What I'm saying is it's so awesome to get together with everybody. It goes by too fast. It's one of those things where like you know, you, you need more than 24 hours in a day. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. 11 out of 10. Awesome. Show. You just cut Courtney. Wow. No, Damn. I'm going to let Courtney finish. No, uh, Courtney. Courtney. I said Courtney. <laughs> like a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> One more sex joke before we're done. Yeah. Oh, cards, man. <laughs> Courtney, what, what was your ranking, Courtney? Oh come on! I I think I told multiple people that this was uh, my my best show yet. It was wonderful, and I I I couldn't even rate Ship Shawana because there isn't a scale for it. It's my favorite show. So, and then you. So what's your rating? You just giving bypasses. Infin infinity. Huh? Infinity. My oh, rating's my infinity gosh. out of ten. Okay. I, I, <laughs> It's weird with me because I could go to like this. And Manny, unfortunately, you have to have three hours of show time to actually apply. <laughs> you didn't meet the minimum. And you no. didn't do the trade night. So you're just going to no. moderate. You're going to go ahead and get us close us out of here. That's fine. That's fine. I just want to say any show that I could like be with you guys and you, Evan, is like a great show for me. It could be the worst show. We could be at a table of like just 10 if it's with like a group of people. And like that's where Jeremy says I'm a social, social butterfly. But any any time that I get to spend with the card family is the best. So, the best. <laughs> I agree. Because we do have people that are like, you guys are always so positive about card shows. I'm always positive because I get to hang out. I could sell one card and be happy. So, what is there to be mad about? Exactly. That's what I don't understand. That like nobody <laughs> hates card shows and card collecting more than people who go to card shows and collect cards. I swear. Don't go if it's not fun. It's, it's <laughs> the people that do it as business, and they're like, "I gotta sell this pin." Well, don't go in that mindset, and I, and then you'll love card shows. You have a better time. Yeah. So two things before we go. I want to give a shout out to Trav who helped us out. 
because uh, I had to leave VCon early. So he, Mark's card shop took my case. Courtney met him to pick up the case, but Mark didn't have my case. I don't know why or how that works. So he brought it in. He set up at his first trade night. Yeah, probably. I'm <laughs> out with trees collectibles. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Or partook in the same sort of activity. <laughs> anyway, he set up at his first trade night. I think that like he was pretty happy with that. So I was excited to see somebody who, um, you know, that's nerve wracking. He did it by himself. My first trade night, I stood there and I told Courtney, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm de- I am not exaggerating. I He's said, not. It was very stressful. What the hell is this? We're at the Lowe's Hotel in Rosemont. I'm like, I'm not doing this. No, <laughs> no, no. Let's get the hell out of here. But also the amount of people who came up and had something kind to say about the podcast or what kind of impact that we have on their life. Um, it's crazy to think because the people on the top of your screen are idiots. The people on the bottom are brilliant, but they're not typically on this show. And so for all the people who came up that like, you know, the nice things that they say, that truly is like heartfelt and meaningful. And it's greater than me and Manny were just, it was actually about one year ago at Shipshawana where we cut the first ever too thick promo. Yep. It was, just, <laughs> it, was. It, was, it was like too thick. And that was it. And so go from there. June 9th, just, is, your, June 9th is your one year anniversary, guys. It's coming up. So, you know, to think that we just wanted to get on here and be knuckleheads and talk cards and that, you know, there's other knuckleheads out there that, you know, find what we have to say, you know, it one seek help. I know the medical <laughs> you know, community, like the insurance thing is rough in America, but seek help. But too, like in all seriousness, it's, it's awesome. And we appreciate you all. Cocaine. <laughs> Evan, before we go, plug your socials, plug your card, like your sponsored card sh- card show that you guys have in two weeks. Yes, just plug everything. So socials are just actually all I do for cards is Instagram collective underscore indie. Um, we definitely have to get you guys out to Indie Card Exchange. That's the shop I work at, and then. Um, the Midwest Monster, June 9th and 10th. It's in Fishers, right outside of Indy. Plenty of hotels and accommodations if you're coming from out of town. It's going to be about uh, 375 tables, I believe. So it'll be the perfect little warm-up show to the National. Okay, so please tell Andy that he's going to cut us a check because we weren't using my damn podcast to run commercials for whatever show that is. <laughs> I had to cut the promo. <laughs> you got to let him know, man. You got to let him know. You went on and you ran an infomercial for his show. Yeah. Grab beef with him, too. Yeah. <laughs> and, Courtney, explain. I know – I just asked Jeremy, when's the next Dangerous Game? Tomorrow. Start? It's tomorrow. dropping tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, let, let the people know, Courtney. So, um, yeah, if you like true crime and sports and sports cards, we have m- myself and Sarah, Mrs. Squirts Cards, have built a really cool kind of uh, macabre collection of sports crime cards. And we have a podcast called Dangerous Games Podcast. It is as lighthearted as a true crime podcast can possibly be um, and respectful. I'm dropping tomorrow will be Pat Tillman, I figured with everything that happened and it's Memorial Day week. So we are going to pay our respects to that absolute American hero. Love it. And Jeremy. Smash! (laughs) 
the subscribe button, like, do all that stuff, share it with friends and family. You know what I mean? A 90-minute banger on a Tuesday night. Let's go. Yep, love it. Thank, thank you guys in the comments for listening. It means the world. Thank you, Evan, for joining because that means the world. Without you guys, there's no too thick. Um, no, they're still just, too thick. So calm down. Nobody will be listening. To it. <laughs> oh, you're, you're overrating the piccolos. Yeah, yeah. the sky. Yeah. Right, so without everybody just hire me, like listen to us. <laughs> no, Garrett, without Garrett, Garrett, and, us. Garrett and company, you're welcome. That's yeah. all I have to say. You're welcome. <laughs> you're, we should start a Patreon. You're so lucky. Yes. You're so lucky that Jeremy and Manny put out content. Don't you know how lucky you are that they put out content? I know other podcasts have said that in the past, but you yeah. don't know how lucky you are. Oh yeah, Jeremy. I've, I've heard and that. Manny put out content. So I'm just happy Jeremy thankful. likes me for a year. Be thankful. So <laughs> I, I'm pretty happy Jeremy likes me still within this year. So well, as, long as, as long as those fanatic checks keep coming, I'll continue to like you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Once that ends, it game over. <laughs> With that, I hope you guys enjoyed your hobby release. We will be back soon. I'm going to make Jeremy record another episode of Too Thick with just us with the thickest of the week because we have a good one. I have a good one, Jeremy, from your break from last week or yesterday. That was your eight-hour break. I have a couple of them. So with that, I hope you guys have a good night and peace. Thanks, guys.